Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind of My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Palomo with me as always here on this Thursday morning as we tape this. Happy St. Patrick's Day if you are so inclined. I like St. Patrick's Day. I like March. NCAA tournament starts in earnest in about an hour from this very moment. I like the tournament. Uh, spring training baseball games start today. These are good things. Sun's out. There's every indication that today has a chance to be an okay day, so I'm not going to jinx it. I'm just going to say, okay, let's roll with it just carefully, one step at a time. Maybe it'll be a good Thursday. Um, Martin, how are you? Oh man, I'm I'm reasonably well today. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I have, I know we can't we can't see each other, but I have uh, green uh, elf socks on, like uh, oh, how festive the movie Elf. Yeah, so, that's very festive. Yeah, because I, I I didn't know I knew I wasn't going to be able to pull off a really cool green shirt in uh <clears throat> in the business attire, so I had to party downstairs. Yeah, uh, way downstairs. Um, okay, <laughs> way downstairs. That's <laughs> way right. Downstairs. I mean, it's and it's the wrong holiday too, but but it's cool. I mean, I don't think Will Ferrell's going to be mad at me for for wearing his face on socks for no, St. Patrick's Day parade. I think he'll be okay. You know, it, it's. McCrady has to be a pretty Scotch Irish name somewhere, right? I mean, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so I, I got to think these are my people. And yeah, uh, I mean, if your name starts with Mick, pretty good chance it is. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, these are my people. So you know, this is our day. I've never been to it Ireland is, or Scotland or all that stuff, but I got to think. Got to think. This Have you is, ever been to Chicago during no, the St. Patty's Day time? Not during St. Patty's days. I've been to Chicago countless times, but never there. Right, I, right. I know they 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 uh, color the river green and all that and i've seen the pictures and it looks cool i miss chicago carson and i were talking about this just yesterday because the cubs signed um, dude i'm i'm i might become a cubs fan and i think you're about to dive into the yesterday news yes yeah, so yeah, i might signed, be a cubs because uh, i don't follow baseball but i might be a cubs fan now they signed sia suzuki who is a 27 year old okay no that's not it uh, okay <laughs> oh. you keep going man all right they signed uh, Sia Suzuki, 27-year-old Japanese star, um, power hitter. He'll be their right fielder. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a risk anytime you bring over a player from um, uh, Japan because some of them their games just don't translate to the uh, to Major League Baseball. But more and more they do. Um, the Cubs were a major player years ago for Shohei Otani, who's now with the Angels, and um, had. The National League had the designated hitter, as it does now. I believe Shohei Otani would have been a Cub. 
which would have been just a gleefully happy day uh, for me. Shohei Otani is easily my favorite player in Major League Baseball. Um, and my son's probably as well, so that would have we would have just been obnoxious about it. But anyway, they signed um, Suzuki, and uh, I think it's going to – I mean, it was two things. One, they needed a power bat to play right field. And then uh, two, if we're just being honest, and this is a show about money, uh, I think the Cubs viewed um, Suzuki as an entree into the Japanese market. A lot of eyes, a lot of baseball-loving uh, eyes and ears in uh, in Japan. And um, so there will be a lot of people because of um, Suzuki's presence on the Cubs. There will be a lot of uh, Japanese baseball fans who will, by proxy, I suppose, become Cubs fans, which means that uh, they – might find a way to subscribe to the Marquee Sports Network to watch the games and uh, buy Cubs gear and such because uh, Japanese people have money too, and yep. um, and and so that's that's it was interesting on a number of levels actually for the Cubs. I suspect your uh, Cubs feelings are more soccer related as it pertains yes. to the Ricketts family potentially buying Chelsea. Uh, yes, I mean. Uh, still across the pond, but the Atlantic pond versus the the Pacific pond. Yeah, so so Chelsea has been my team since they were garbage. Um, Dad was a Chelsea fan as well. Uh, so, you know, uh, we did not have European soccer uh, or football or football, if you're British and Irish. Uh, you know, those games were not even televised until, you know, the last decade here in the States. And so when, I mean, I was a little kid and dad was talking about Chelsea and I didn't know anything about who Chelsea was. That was just his team. So that was my team. Um, and then as we started getting access to it, uh, and especially, you know, really after Roman Abramovich bought and invested into Chelsea and, and I know, you know, he probably, uh, is a bad name right now because of his oligarch status uh, who did a lot of good stuff, you know, with his, with his money. Uh, and I think he's actually like Jewish Israeli descent. Um, but, but Russian and did, did benefit from the fall of the Soviet union, which is where he, uh, was able to purchase his oil company for, you know, essentially pennies, um, on the dollar. And then he sold it for, uh, a very, very significant sum of money and then became, you know, an investor in Europe, uh, into football clubs, i.e. Chelsea, which brings us to, you know, where we are now with the Russian Ukraine conflict, um, Europe and England have really cracked down on seizing and freezing the assets of all of the oligarchs, which makes Chelsea, you know, really kind of an interesting, um, you know, case study too, because, Technically, Chelsea is a an asset of Roman Abramovich, and the UK has frozen it. But it is a it's a soccer club with people that need to be paid, and um, you know, and it's kind of interesting. I've read a little bit about what's happening with it. So the UK says that it can honor all of its contracts that were in place prior to the seizing of the assets, right? Which is most of the player contracts, but the transfer window 
and any new signings they are unable to participate in, period. Right? No new contracts. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, that's uh, – and they have a good team, uh, and hopefully everybody stays. But, you know, in the academy, there are probably kids that were, you know, planning on coming up into the academy that will not get to come up into the academy until this is all settled. And then kind of the crazy thing that I really didn't understand was uh, with ticket sales. So if you're a season ticket holder and you already have your season tickets, you can attend the matches at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. If you're an away team playing Chelsea right now and you want to come watch your team play, you cannot. That's a new ticket and considered a new contract. Or if you want to go watch Chelsea play and you're not a season ticket holder, you can't purchase a ticket. It's kind of crazy, man. Yeah, it, it, it is. I don't. But anyway, the Cubs and Ken Griffin may be coming to the rescue. Well, I'll be a Cubs fan if that happens. I'm, I'm just going to forewarn you here. Is the curse going to move across the pond? No, it's not about curses. No, because the Cubs won the World Series. Tom Ricketts and his family bought the Cubs in 2011, I think, and uh, hired Theo Epstein, uh, who was with the Boston Red Sox at the time. It had, had, quote, stopped the Red Sox curse, the curse of the Bambino, which had hung over the Red Sox since they traded uh, Babe Ruth who was a good baseball player, uh, they traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees for cash, like in 1918. And um, the Red Sox did not win again for a long time, and it was called the Curse of the Bambino. I remember. And uh, Theo Epstein was the general manager of the Red Sox when he broke the curse. Uh, I guess that was, what, 2004? When the Red Sox won the first time, and they won twice. Under uh, under Epstein, so uh, he he was a hot commodity, kind of a, a baseball wonderkind, if you will. And um, the Cubs was that a throwback <clears throat> to Ted Lasso. Uh, no, it w- wasn't actually <laughs> just uh, accidental. Accidental. Um, cool. Because I mean, we were talking about soccer in England. Yes. Um, All right. Yeah, and we're getting there. Continue. Uh, see, I'm I'm, just, I'm I'm trying to help you here. Um, <laughs> Because I don't want to pour cold water on your expectations because they hired Theo Epstein. And Theo Epstein did something that you very rarely see in sports when he took over as the president of baseball operations running the Chicago Cubs. He told the fans, listen, we're going to suck for a little while. We're going to really suck. And the players that we have who prevent us from sucking – are going to get traded and we're going to trade for younger players prospects and we're going to suck and suck bad for a bit. And keep in mind, this press conference happened days after maybe a day after um, the St. Louis Cardinals won the world series. St. Louis Cardinals and the Cubs are big rivals. Think Chelsea and man, U or Liverpool or whatever. Um, so he said that, and then the Cubs started doing exactly what uh, he said they would do. They, they accumulated young, young talent, and after that, a talent had begun to get accumulated. They d- dipped into the free agent market. They signed John Lester, who was a free agent pitcher who had finished that season with the Oakland A's. They added uh, Lester. 
They began to uh, bring up some pieces. They began to acquire some pieces, Ben Zobrist and um, other guys. And, uh, and and suddenly the Cubs were a contender. They, they went to the playoffs in 15, lost to the Mets in the National League Championship Series, and then um, spent a ton of money on Jason Hayward at the time um, and won the World Series in 2016. And after winning the World Series, the uh, Ricketts family, it's, this is kind of complicated, and some of this is not their fault because I don't know that in 2017 the Ricketts family looked down the road and said, hey, there's going to be a pandemic that's going to really impact the game in 2020. Let's be careful here. They invested a ton of money in um, the area around Wrigley Field. I don't know if you've ever been to Wrigley. You've ever been to a game there, Martin? I have not, but I might be a Cubs fan soon. Okay, well – 20 years ago, Wrigley was a dump. It was a okay. celebrated dump, but it was a dump. It was a, it was a, it's a fun place to go to a game. It's historic. You go there, and you sit in the stands, and it does feel like you're probably going back in time. And you can think, hey, Babe Ruth played here, and, and, and Jackie Robinson played here, and, and, and all of yeah. those things, which are really yeah. cool, right? That is cool, dude. I mean, because there's not very many places in the world – where you can go sit where history happened, right? Yeah, sure. And so you you watch that, and and, and you go into the game, but the but the, the 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 concourses are outdated. The bathrooms were just not that anybody cares, but man, I mean, disgusting. And you know, they just they didn't have the modern amenities of uh, the, the the new stadiums. If you go to a game in Minneapolis, for example, or San Diego, or San Francisco, or Washington. Or uh, even Pittsburgh, some of these places that have newer parks where the, the, there's a lot of amenities and, and, and cool stuff and different things for the person who's not necessarily a hardcore baseball fan. Right on. And uh, they spent a lot of money around Wrigley because the area around Wrigley was just kind of – Wrigley's right in the middle of a neighborhood called Wrigleyville, which is north of the city. And – it was a dump, frankly. It wasn't bad, but there just wasn't anything to it. Just some shops and stuff. And they bought all that land. They built this plaza, and they built a hotel and, and, and restaurants and this really cool bowling alley, arcade thing, all this stuff all around there. It's really cool. But that's where they put their money, and they also pulled away from their – they didn't renew their contract with uh, CSN – the, the regional sports networks that, that carried, that had the Cubs baseball rights, they started their own network called the Marquee Network that was due to open in 2020. And you probably know where the rest of this story goes. The pandemic hit. The Cubs only had 60 games in 2020, no fans allowed. In 2021, last season, um, the, the team, a lot of the contracts of the core players who had won that World Series – Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, um, Javier Baez, those guys, those contracts were coming up, and uh, their renegotiation efforts with those players all failed. Uh, They ended up trading um, Javier Baez to uh, the Mets. They traded Chris Bryant to the San Francisco Giants. They traded Anthony Rizzo to the um, New York Yankees, all in a span of about 48 um, torturous hours. And they uh, started with kind of 
rebuild number two, and they tanked at the end of last season. They were just awful. And so Cub fans are skeptical about the Ricketts. And I don't know that it's completely fair, and I don't know that it's completely unfair, but here's what's interesting that I don't know that the Ricketts fully get. And you understand this because you're a big English Premier League guy. Those owners over in the English Premier League a lot of times will lose money hand over fist to win so that they can make money on the other side of winning. Sure. And um, Roman Abramovich 100% did that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a billion and a half dollar loan personally to the club. Yeah. So he could build a, a, a dynasty. I would have concerns if I were a Chelsea fan that the Cubs are that the Cubs that Chelsea with the Ricketts as their owners will spend the money necessary to get the superstar player in Europe. That'd be my only concern because the Cubs there was a moment there in 27 the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. Had this massive parade. If you go look if you go look at the pictures from the parade, it's just unbelievable. I a uh, friend gave Carson and I tickets to Game 3 of the World Series. It was the first World Series game played in Chicago since 1945. And it was easily one of the most cool moments of my life, sports or otherwise. And um, people were passionate there. And they won the World Series. And I think instead of going for the throat, which would have meant spending more money, hey, let's go out and add another superstar. Let's go add two superstars. Let's pay the tax. Let's do all that stuff. Let's win. Let's turn this bad boy into a dynasty. They sort of sat on their laurels a little bit. They punished the Hayward contract, ended up being a bad contract. It's one that they're still paying for today. And instead of saying, hey, you know what? Okay, it's all right, Theo. You gave Hayward a bad deal and gave him too many years, probably too much money, but it's okay. Instead of that, it was, "Ah, I don't know that we want to do another one of those. And they ended up, since then, I think the Cubs have won, well, I can tell you, they've won one, two, three, four postseason games since winning the World Series in 2016, and that's not satisfactory for what they were trying to do. So that would be my concern for uh, for Chelsea. Well, dude, that's uh, that's kind of a bummer, but... And I and I realize, like, I mean, they're not the only ones that are in the that are in the race. I mean, Chelsea is a very storied, very well run, excellent manager, sure, um, great players that are still on the squad. I mean, there's not going to be a shortage of people coming out of the woodworks, you know, trying to be the because I mean, dude, honestly, it's kind of like a a diamond in the rough, right? It's it's a it's a franchise that by all you know by any under any other circumstance would never be even available on the market period but because this conflict happens in Ukraine you know with Russia being the aggressor and Abramovich being you know tied to Russia and he's and he's for many years distanced himself from you know being um <clears throat> in <clears throat> in the same conversation as Putin but i mean it's like bro you definitely uh benefited from the from the USSR breaking down 
And, and, and I'm not saying that you throw the baby out with the bathwater with them, but that's going to be a hard stain to, to get off the shirt. And then with the UK coming down going, Hey, uh, we're freezing all the assets. I mean, he really kind of put into a situation of he has no other choice. And he has said that he is going to, you know, whatever money he gets from the sale of Chelsea, he's going to give to humanitarian aid for the, you know, for the Ukrainian refugees. I think that's pretty noble. I mean, dude has plenty of money. Um, but, you know, under any other circumstance, Chelsea would not even be on the market. Oh, so, uh, yeah, and it's, it's a, be, and it's a storied team. And, and listen, just because yeah, people coming out of the woodwork. I mean, dude, they've won. They've won this year since they won the uh, club World Cup. They've they've swept every major trophy that you can win under Abramovich. They have not not all in the same year. I mean, it's taken 20 years to do it. But. But yeah, dude. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm excited about it. If if they end up doing it, I'm curious to see what they do. There will be, you know, and listen, some of the stuff that happened because, as you know, 2020 became a very political year in our country's history. I think no. that's I think that's safe. <laughs> uh, the Ricketts, one of the Ricketts siblings, is a uh, Republican governor of Nebraska, and so there's. Chicago's not exactly a bastion of Republican values. Um, and <laughs> I would say probably not. And, and there's a conflict there. You know, they, they, the, there's, there's, and there's one of the, now one of the Ricketts siblings, um, the sister, she's pretty uh, heavily involved in, in Democratic National Committee politics. So there's a lot there. It got complicated. People got weird about politics and stuff. And, some of the pushback against the Ricketts family is is not fair, and they lost an absolute boatload of money. I'm sure uh, in 2020, when you know what you had budgeted was a full stadium and full hotels right. and people going to the the plaza, spending and, money and yeah. buying hot dogs and buying beer and yeah, and going to the yeah. the microbrewery and going to the the bowling alley and staying at the hotel and. Uh, go into the restaurants that they own and all of that stuff. I mean, I'm sure they, I'm sure they had a completely different budget for what actually happened. Right. And then, and then last year as well, you know, Chicago was one of the kind of slower places to roll back some of the mandates as it pertains to stu- to attendance and um, and and that kind of thing. So it was it was the middle of the season before the stadium was close to full. It didn't. It was. It, so they've had two years in a row, 2020 and 2021, that were not typical. Uh, Wrigley Field seasons, and they've invested an absolute fortune in the stadium, and they've improved it dramatically. Uh, they, they've turned it from a dump into a, a pretty nice place to go to a ball game again. Um, I do wonder how long Wrigley can be sustainable, but that's beside the point. But if and I kind of wonder too, like if this thing does happen, because they it's it wouldn't just be the the Cubs family; it would also be Ken Griffin, who is the owner and. And lead dude for a hedge fund in Chicago called Citadel, which is, uh, I mean, dude, it's a monster in the industry. So I, I, and I don't know that Ken Griffin, he's a dude. He is, a, he's certainly an alpha, uh, you know, and he, and he wants to win, but it has been interesting too. I, and I know we're kind of going down rabbit trails, but I like to keep running down it for a little bit. It is sure. interesting to see how many American sports, you know, our American owners have started hopping across the pond to, um, you know, to get their feet 
uh, cemented into the into the Premier League because I mean, dude, the Premier League is the it is the creme de la creme, and I don't I know people are like, oh, Barcelona and Madrid are you know are are top teams, and and they are, but their league is not as competitive as La Liga is just not as competitive as the Premier League. Like they're the two eight hundred pound gorillas amongst you know kittens. Well, here's the thing: the rest of the league. I've said this for a while. In international sports, there are two kings that sit sit on thrones and look down at the the, the others that are minions, and that's the NFL, the National yep. Football League, yep, and the English Premier League. Yeah, I, I agree with that, man. I mean, that's it. Um, by the way, the people that are curious about the exact bit, I'm reading from the Athletic, uh, the Ricketts family. Joined with Illinois-based billionaire Ken Griffin, as you said. Uh, the, the, a spokesman confirmed it on Wednesday. Sky News first reported the confirmation of the bid. Um, look and see what the bid was. It's At one it, point, I heard it was $3 billion, Yeah, and I don't know and, if, that's, I, I if think, that's still the... I think that's correct. It was... Okay. So <clears> and it's th- funny. Like I follow Premier League stuff so, <laughs> so much more than I follow American. But it's just it's just my... That's just my sports passion, man. So here's what's interesting. I'll read this to you. This will tell you a little bit about what, what, what Ricketts has done in, in your terms. Uh, led by Tom Ricketts, the family bought the Chicago Cubs from the Tribune Company for $845 million in 2009. Okay. Uh, thanks to team president Theo Epstein's rebuilding plan, the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, ending a 108-year championship drought. After the extensive renovations of Wrigley Field, the club and its holdings are now worth between an estimated $3 billion and $4 billion. Uh, as chairman, Ricketts, That's has, incredible. Ricketts has pulled back on spending at times to assure profitability. Abramovich, meanwhile, is reportedly owed £1.5 billion from the club for loaning it money over his tenure. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, and, and from what I've read, he said that he's going to forgive that loan. Oh, wow. Too. Chelsea reported a uh, pre-tax loss of 148.8 million pounds in 2021, thanks mostly to COVID-19 restrictions. The club is currently third in the Premier League table. Meanwhile, the Cubs, coming off a woeful season that saw them trade their most popular players, are expected to finish in the middle of the NL Central. Three of the four siblings in the Ricketts family sit on the Cubs' board of directors after Pete Ricketts, the current governor of Nebraska, resigned his seat in 2019. In, how many how many teams are in like the National League? So there's 15 Central. teams. 15 teams in in the uh, National League. 15 teams in the American League. Five teams in the National League Central. It's the St. Louis okay. Cardinals, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Chicago Cubs, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. So they're middle of the table for five teams. Where would that put them? I mean, just out of curiosity, where would that put them for National League? Or does that do they even oh, rank them yeah, like that? Uh, they, Sorry for my ignorance. Man. No, well, they they so you have division rankings and then you have the league rankings because the okay. the if you win the division you make the playoffs, and then after that they're wild card teams. Now baseball just revised its um, they just revised their playoff structures to, to expand it from ten teams to twelve. So yeah, you 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 compete against the central. If you win the central, no matter what your record is, you advance to the playoffs, and then after that there's. I guess there's three wild card teams that that that's by national league ranking. So right. they're probably picked to finish middle of the pack. They did spend money yesterday. Like I said, it was a five year, eighty five billion dollar deal for uh, Sia Suzuki, 
Seiya Suzuki. I want it to be Seiya because every time he hits a home run, you could say Seiya. Seiya. But it's Seiya. Uh, that's that's going to get changed. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's that Seiya. will get changed. For, for, we'll Americanize it. Uh, in 2020, cool. Ricketts complained of, quote, biblical losses, end quote, for baseball clubs that only played 60 games in front of empty stadiums. Last season, the Cubs nearly drew nearly $2 million to Wrigley Field despite attendance restrictions and a sell-off at the trade deadline. Um, the Cubs enter the 2022 season with a dramatically lower payroll as they embark on another rebuild. So this is this is what's interesting to Cub fans. Okay, there's a, a free agent shortstop. I didn't. This is what I love about this show is I had no idea where we would go with this show, and here we are. Um, and we'll we'll probably carry this all the way to the end, and we'll talk a little bit about other stuff too. Yeah. So there's a shortstop played for the Houston Astros the last several years. 27 year old All Star MVP candidate named Carlos Correa, who's a free agent. And as of this moment, Carlos Correa is not signed with any team. There's a lot of rumblings that he's going to end up returning to Houston. He met with the Astros ownership earlier in the week. And my suspicion, and I bet I'm proven right by the end of this weekend, is that the Astros and Carlos Correa's agent, Scott Boris, are are probably negotiating a very complicated long-term deal. That includes multiple opt-outs and things that would uh, enable him to uh, have some security long-term, but also the ability to get out of the contract at multiple points uh, for certain prices. And those are obviously contracts that are a lot of legalese, and, and, and I suspect that that's what's holding up an announcement. But there's a lot of pressure on Ricketts and the Ricketts family to go get Carlos Correa and make him the cornerstone of the next great Cubs team and joining, you know, Suzuki and uh, the Cubs have uh, one thing that did come out of that fire sale last July when they traded Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez was they did re restock their uh, farm system significantly. They went out and got some really good young players that have a chance to be um, really good young players in the major leagues in the not too distant future. And they, have a young outfielder named Brennan Davis who they're super excited about, who's probably a year away from the the big leagues, who I think has a chance to be an all-star caliber uh, major league center fielder. And then you add Suzuki, and you can see where some of the pieces are coming together. And and, uh, they want – Cub fans want – are like, well, look, if you have the money to bid three-point-whatever billion to buy Chelsea – then why are you not giving Carlos Correa a 10-year or a 7-year $300 million contract? Let's give him a big contract. Let's make him our shortstop. Let's bring him in. And in three or four years, when you know maybe his age restricts him a little bit, he can just slide over to third base, be a, a, a superstar third baseman. And the Cubs have a couple of young shortstops in their system uh, in particular, an 18-year-old that they've signed that they are madly in love with named Christian Hernandez, who uh, it looks certainly looks the part of a, of a major league superstar shortstop in the making. Whether that happens or not will remain to be seen, but right now they're super excited about him. And, and so that's where there's a lot of um, kind of angst a little bit among Cub fans as they follow this, this uh, Chelsea story is so you have the money – to buy one of the most prestigious organizations, franchises in all of sport. Yeah, in the world. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, period. I mean, I think if you were to rank, 
you know, oh, there's probably a ranking out there. There's probably a list. But it's, you know, in terms of prestige, it's it's the Yankees, right? It's the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. It's, yeah, Cowboys, Yankees. Uh, Even I would probably throw the Red Sox. Yeah, Red Sox. I mean, know, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm just trying to kind of think of of it's you know the New York Football Giants. Maybe I, I don't. Hell, yeah. I, I don't know. It's way up there. And then it's Chelsea. Yep. You know, it's Chelsea, it's, Manchester uh, United, yeah, Man U, yep. um, Liverpool, Liverpool. Yeah, you know, um, even Man City. I mean, City's kind of a newer. <clears throat> yeah, but I wouldn't new, put Man. Yeah, I wouldn't put Man City like, in that group yet. Um, not yet. Yeah, and then you have like Juventus. Barcelona, Real AC Madrid. Milan, you know, Real Madrid. Sure. Um, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, you know, then hop over to Ger- Germany. You know, there's, <clears throat> um, oh my gosh, <clears throat> I'm drawing a blank. Not Borussia Dortmund. Um, Lord of mercy. All right, so I pulled this. I mean, Borussia Dortmund is, is a big one, but uh, Berlin. Um Anyway, I'll think of it when we're not on on the show. But dude, yeah, I mean Chelsea's a a big deal. I mean, if you're talking about money, too. So let's just say it's worth three billion dollars. And I mean, and, and it's like that's the creme de la creme. That is, and and they are top of the table. So there are twenty teams in the table for the Premier League, and they play they play home and away uh, every, every team. So there's you know there there are thirty eight matches that happen, you know, in a Premier League season. They play home and away. The thing that I love about Premier League, and I wish we kind of had it in the U.S. because it would just be fun. And I and I know there's probably not enough lower level, at least in the NFL, um, you know, professional leagues where you could, you could move up. But I love relegation and promotion. Because, like, if you're the bottom three teams on the – at the Premier League, you're going down to the Championship League. And then the top three teams of the Championship League are, are coming up to the Premier League. And and usually those teams kind of yo-yo. It's it's generally kind of the same. It's the the top the bottom three, you know, will go down and then they come back up. Um but dude, one of them was Leicester City that just kind of had this amazing run and they're still and they're middle of the table now. But like their second year in the Premier League, they won the whole thing after being in Championship League two years prior um that and oh man I, I love that about the about the premier league but you know really the top four teams in the premier league get to play in the uefa champions league where they're playing you know the top four european top four teams from every european um you know club yeah i mean country uh league sorry uh are getting to put their top four teams in and they get to compete that's dude. I love that. I mean, and I know I realize like we can't have that in the U S with the NFL. Cause there's just not enough. There's just not, I mean, NFL is, is probably the, the king of the two of the premier league in the NFL. Um, but the premier league just, there's just so much more soccer worldwide than there is. So I found something for you that I think you'll find interesting. This is from Forbes. This is May of 2007. I'm, t- I'm sorry. May of 2021. Why did I say seven? That's so ridiculous. I think I was looking at someone with the jersey <laughs> number of seven. So the world's most valuable sports teams. All right. Forbes. This is a Forbes list. This is Forbes. So, All right. So credible. A little bit. I mean, it's not like, you know, sportsareus.com, but it's Forbes. <laughs> uh, number one, which is 
One of the two I would have guessed is the Dallas Cowboys. They're worth $5.7 billion. I I would believe that, too. Number two. Even though they don't produce on the field, they're still – I mean, Jerry Jones has done a great job of marketing. Well, here's to that point. Jerry Jones purchased that team in 1989 for $150 million. Jesus. The value – I mean, talk about a (laughs) – let me – I'm just going to do that calculation real quick while you're. So it was $150 million. $150 million, and today they are worth $5.7 billion. Just in the last five years alone, the Cowboys' value has increased by 43%. All right, so that was – let me hit that as a present value. What did you say the – um? What did you say the current value was? Five point two billion. Five point seven billion. Five point seven. There's a lot of zeros. That is a lot of zeros. I have to make sure I put them in and right. And then, uh, what year did he buy them? Nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine. So that would be 30, eleven years. Thirty three years. Two thousand, and then we're in twenty. Two, yeah, thirty-three. So years. caught thirty-three years. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. Payment. <laughs> Wait till I tell you the next one. Oh, dude, my calculator is giving me an error. Yeah. Uh, here's here's the. I'll give you the scientific term. It's a shit ton. <laughs> um, I, I like but it's scientific. nothing compared to this. The New York Yankees are number two, Major League Baseball. The Steinbrenner family bought the Yankees in 1973 for $8.8 million. Oh, my God. Today. And he died in the year that there was no estate tax. In 2010, right? I believe that's correct. It was the only year where the death tax did not apply. And I I even said, I was like, I wonder how many billionaires are going to die this year so that their estate can pass tax-free to the heirs. That's love. Um, <laughs> the Yankees, love. the Yankees, uh, in, as of 2021 are worth 5.25 billion. So here we get into the rest of the list. I think you'll find this interesting. This is, this is, we're good to Chelsea. They're, they're down a little ways. I found them as we were talking. Uh, the New York Knicks are number three. Uh, Barcelona is number four. They're worth uh, 4.76 billion. Uh, that's a 34% increase over the last five years. Number five is Real Madrid. They're worth $4.75 billion. To show you, sports is growing. Uh, Soccer is growing. Five-year change, 30%. The Golden State Warriors and the NBA are number six, followed closely by the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, also in the NBA at number seven. The uh, Warriors are worth $4.7 billion. The Lakers are worth $4.6 billion. Uh, we get into a little run of NFL here. The New England Patriots are worth $4.4 billion. Um, Robert Kraft purchased the Patriots in 1994, paid $172 million. They're now worth $4.4 billion. So that's a pretty good return on his investment. Uh, the New York football giants uh, were purchased in uh, 1925 for $500. <laughs> and, then, and then purchased again in 1991 for $150 million. They are now worth $4.3 billion. Dollars, uh, a little bit of surprise here. Bayern Munich is number ten. They're worth four. Bayern point- Munich. That was the German team I was 
I couldn't get out. Yeah, they're, they're worth $4.21 billion. Their uh, five-year change in value is 57% up. Uh, Manchester United is number 11, $4.2 billion, up 27% uh, over the last five years. Liverpool, uh, owner is John Henry and Tom Werner, who are also the oh, owners Red of the Red Sox. Okay. They purchased the uh, they purchased Liverpool in 2010 for 476 million dollars. Uh, Liverpool is now worth 4.1 billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, the oh, Los dude, An- and so they stole <clears throat> um, Jurgen Klopp uh, is probably my favorite Premier League coach. Now I love Jose Mourinho is a total smartass. I love his interviews, uh, his his media time, but Jurgen Klopp. They the Red Sox stole him from Barusa Dortmund, and I was like, "Holy shit, they are going to win a ton of trophies with this dude." Because this dude would just make, you know, magic out of absolutely nothing, and um, and and that's exactly what he's done. It's been really fun to watch. So, and the, I'm not a Liverpool fan. The Los Angeles Rams and Manchester City are tied at 13. They're both worth 4.1 billion dollars. The uh, San Francisco 49ers of the NFL are 15th. The Los Angeles Dodgers, it's a little low, frankly, but it still tells you how much money the Dodgers are worth. The Dodgers are, are worth $3.57 billion. The New York Jets, uh, the NFL, $3.55 billion. The Chicago Bears, $3.53 billion. The Washington Commanders, $3.5 billion. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, purchased for $380 million in 2002, are now worth $3.47 billion. Philadelphia Eagles, 21st on this list at $3.4 billion. We talked a lot about the Cubs. The Cubs are uh, number 22 here. They're worth $3.36 billion. Uh, the Houston Texans and uh, the Chicago Bulls are tied at 23 on this list, both worth $3.3 billion. Oh, is is that the first NBA team, or did I miss No, you've missed there been a bunch of NBA you say teams. the Lakers. Yeah, got to be Lakers, here. Knicks, Warriors. Um, and then okay. at 25 is a tie between the Denver Broncos and uh, the Boston Celtics and Chelsea. All three of those organizations, as of like May, three point two, three point three yeah, billion, three point two billion dollars as of <laughs> as of May of um, 2021. Yep. So that's kind of crazy, man. I mean, Chelsea is uh, one of the highest producing teams in the world, winning you know, winning medal for so many different things. And they're number 20, we tied for 25 or 26 tied for 25 with the Denver Broncos and the Boston Celtics. I mean, dude, and that is just so crazy. And you mentioned so many American sports franchises, um, you know, in there and some of which, I mean, let's just look at the Cowboys. What have the Cowboys produced other than that? Jerry Jones is a brilliant marketing machine. What have they produced? Uh, well, they had. I mean, the last run, time was what the nineties during the. Yeah, they had that run with with um, Jimmy Johnson and Troy Aikman yeah. and, and uh, Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith and, and Michael Irvin and those guys. Michael then, Irvin, those guys. Since yeah. then, they've struggled, but it, but they, they they are they're so popular uh, everywhere yeah. they go. Well, I mean, you know? absolutely, dude. How many? I mean, how many Mississippians do you know that are that are Cowboys fans? I mean, so many of. I mean, I know that we kind of get divided in the Saints. Boy, you know, a lot of folks are Saints fans, but God, we have tons of Cowboy fans here. I know we're, we're about out of time. I tell you what's interesting to me is 
after Chelsea, listen to this little quick run. It's the, the San Francisco Giants. Then it's the Las Vegas Raiders, the Seattle Seahawks, the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, the Minnesota Vikings, the Miami Dolphins, the Atlanta Falcons, the Indianapolis Colts, all of those in a run through number 37 until you get to Arsenal, who is worth uh, $2.8 billion. Arsenal is, of course, English Premier League. Yep. London, uh, North London. Owned by Stanley Kroenke, who also owns the uh, the Rams. I <clears throat> did not know that. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder how many Americans now, <clears throat> or American sports franchise companies, are owners of the Premier League. Because, I mean, you got Liverpool. Um, it's you know, so wildly said, popular with young people. I, you know, and, and, and people who don't have kids our age don't get, get – and I get it. Listen, when people do this – because I get nothing anno- – and we're almost out of time. Nothing annoys me more than the people who are like, man, I'm telling you, it's a matter of time for soccer's the big sport in America. It's like, shut up. Shut up. And, and people are MLS going to be the next big thing. Nah, it's probably no. not. Probably not. But Probably not. But Because MLS is honestly where a lot of the European stars come to retire. Yeah, they come just to get a paycheck. And, I mean, and, and that's not a knock on the MLS because there's a lot of really talented – you yeah. know, young folks in the U.S. Like, we have a Mississippian now that just got signed <clears throat> to the Colorado Rapids. Christopher, he was on Christopher's team. Oh, really? Jackson, yeah. Jackson Travis. Um, And he went to the Colorado Rapids Academy for a couple of years. And, like, he was committed to University of Virginia for soccer. And, um, I mean, and dude, this kid is special. He's a good, good parents, man. Um, You know, his, dad, his, dad, his dad's an attorney. You know, here in town, um, you know, I mean, a good family, and but he got the opportunity to go to the Rapids Academy, and dude, he was a special kid, and we always knew it when he was, you know, playing when we played with him, and uh, but yeah, he just signed a a rookie contract with with the Rapids. Yeah, I just I, I think what people underestimate is how popular European soccer is with young people today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They they can watch it. Um, I, Carson and I went to the gym. Was today Thursday? Went to the gym on Tuesday. Maybe this was yesterday. I can't remember. And um, we got back in the car, and he was watching something. I said, "What are you watching?" And he was it was um, an English Premier League team was playing a team from Spain in some sort of competition. I don't keep up with yeah. that, but he does. Does Champions League or Europa League? Yeah, and and um, that they can stream it. They can watch it on uh, Paramount. They can watch it yep. on on. And- Thing. Yeah, and and they do, and and the players are uh, are very marketable. And a lot of them are very charismatic, and uh, I'm, I mean, dude, like our our American star is is a star on Chelsea team. I mean, Christian Pulisic, like that's a for young people for you yeah. know from our kids' age, dude. Like, I mean, that's that's that is Troy Aikman. Yes, and so. Um, that's where that is, you know. It's 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 just kind of interesting, really, um, to watch that sport yeah. grow. And and yeah. so I'm 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 curious the 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 Cubs Chelsea crossover. I'm 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 watching with interest. Yeah, and there are. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, I know there's like the, some of the Saudi families are are interested, and um, it, it will be interesting to see who shakes out. But it is kind of a diamond in the rough, man. But it is kind of wild to think they are number twenty five on the list of, you know, most valuable franchises in the world. A lot of money. Which is, I mean, nothing to shake a stick at. No, but a lot of money in sports, man. A lot of money. 
Um, yeah. All right, we got to go uh, real quick. We didn't do this at the <laughs> beginning, so tell people at the end how they can get in touch with you guys at uh, at Pinnacle. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk Premier League soccer or all that stuff, we can do that too. But if you really want to talk about, uh, you know, your plan or or your investment strategies, or if you're nervous about where you're going, you can uh, you can call us six zero one nine five seven zero three two three or email us like several of our listeners have um, at info at mypinnwealth.com. All right, Martin, thanks so much for the time. That was fun. Probably not yeah, what man. either one of us nice. playing. Maybe people, yeah, it's a little change of pace after some of the deep stuff we've been doing. We'll be I back uh, We'll be back next week with another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. Again, mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N-Wealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Have a great weekend. Thanks for making us a part of your week. Take care. I was able to buy my first home using the VA home loan guarantee without having to put down a down payment. I was able to graduate from college using the post 9-11 GI Bill debt-free. I was able to enroll in VA healthcare and I know that VA is going to be there for me when I need it. My service was then and my benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits mentioned here.